0: it was just it was just really really hard um you know and i'll kind of tell you what happened with the actual crash and like i said the guy was driving the wrong way down the interstate but my first reaction as a mom is that i don't want another family to lose a son
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. I love Halloween. It's funny, I haven't dressed up the last couple of years just because I've been busy. My son is going to be Dwight from the office this year. He's very excited about it. And let me tell you, this child has pretty much every episode of The Office all 9 seasons memorized. It's really impressive. So, yeah, I live in West Hollywood where we have one of the biggest Halloween party parades in the world. And I think last told 400,000 people came. It actually may be more than that. I haven't checked the stats in a while, but it's pretty miraculous and I've also learned I can't really leave my neighborhood. <laughs> I have to stay close by because otherwise I'm never getting home because the traffic is crazy. Coming in here. Yeah, today, this is the last week that I'll be announcing Glisten. Glisten is the organization that I've chosen to highlight this month. Um, You can find out more about them through my website, um, milfpodcast.com on the giving page, or you can go directly to them, glisten.org, G L S E N.org, and find out what they're doing to educate and help schools to educate their staff and the children more about LGBTQ so that we can all have a safe, inclusive place for everybody. And I'm really, really proud of what this organization is doing. They have chapters all over the country. If you want to get involved, if you just want information, if you want them to help out at your school, they're incredible. So we don't have a sponsor for the for this episode. And if you're interested in sponsoring MILF podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at jennifer at milfpodcast.com. Email me. Or you can email my producer, sarah at milfpodcast.com. And we will um, send you out a packet and you can learn about um, sponsorship opportunities because we love sponsors. They keep us going. Today's guest is incredibly special. I met Crystal Johnson through Jennifer Pasteloff. And Crystal is Just one of the strongest, most resilient women I've ever met. Crystal lost two of her children to a car accident. They were both driving back to college. And she has five children. Um, Some are stepchildren, but she has five children. So she says three of them are here and two of them are in heaven. And her story is beautiful and heartbreaking. And she tells it so incredibly just beautifully um, on the show and I you know I was telling my friend about it the day that I had the interview and she said did you just lose it in the interview and I said no I didn't because I was really holding the space and and honoring the story and it's just it's profound it's profound to listen to her talk about it now and share the story and how she how she lives her life day by day now and how the boys are just, in her, in her, in her, and in her life, um, still, even in their absence, it's a beautiful interview, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Please enjoy my conversation with Crystal Johnson. Hi, Crystal
0: good morning how are you I'm um, really good how are you thank you so much for being here thank you for having me
1: gosh we we really went a couple <laughs> rounds of trying to schedule this thing we, we did
0: we did probably about 10 times I think <laughs>
1: but you know what's amazing is that we both stayed the course and we made it happen and even though we had some technical glitches yesterday like we're here and always I always say this this these sessions always happen at exactly the time they're supposed to
0: pretty much everything does i think yeah you're in new york no atlanta
1: no. oh atlanta. atlanta atlanta i don't know why i put you in new york okay um so you're in atlanta and where were you where were you born and raised
0: florida lakeland florida so uh, Central okay. florida It's like okay. between tampa and orlando
1: okay and um what what precipitated the move to atlanta when was that
0: that was i've been here now for 17 years uh my ex-husband okay took a job up here. He went to school at Georgia Southern, and then he moved to Atlanta afterwards. So he had uh, connections up here. And uh, yeah, so he, he just got a transfer.
1: Okay. And what were you doing at that time? At
0: that time, I wasn't. I was a stay-at-home mom. And at that time, we had just had our third son, uh, Walker. And he was probably about a year and a half when we moved up here.
1: Wow. Wow. So you're up there with three kids, and what and what do you do professionally? I actually don't even really know.
0: I work for a hospital management company, and I manage a team of sourcing recruiters, essentially. Uh, and what we do, we, we are your ER. When you go into a hospital, we basically, we're ha- the physicians work for us. We manage the billing. We do all of that. And then we also do have hospital medicine physicians as well, which is they work like their intensivist or their family practice, that kind of thing. And uh, my team, I have a team of about 20. Um,
1: oh Um Wow. And yeah. you, you had the team? Pardon me? You had the team, like you're the leader? Yes. Yes. They're, they're my team. Oh, that's awesome. Have you always worked in like the medical field or is that you're just a man, like management is your specialty?
0: I've, I've always worked in, in sales management for the most part. Uh, my, my, some girls on my team always tease me because I've kind of done a lot of things. I was a flight attendant for a little while and uh, I worked um, in makeup artistry, but I also, I worked for Lawncomb for a really long time and Ooh. I was a business manager for them and I was a makeup artist for them. And I did that also previously. So
1: I love it. You're like me. I've had a million different jobs. <laughs> I was a belly dancer professionally. I mean, mine aren't as as legit professional as you're, I mean, not, they not like they were legal or anything, but
0: <laughs> sure they were, sure they were but, not illegal, yeah. but legit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, But, um, that's so cool. Now, were you doing all these things after you became a mom, before you became a mom, both
0: after I got married the month I turned 19. Oh my God. Yeah. And my ex-husband was eight years older than me. So he was already out of college in a career when I met him. And yeah, it was pretty quick. We we Our first date was January and we got married in July.
1: <gasps> what is, how was your family receiving this?
0: They actually loved him. Okay. So okay. it was really they were happy. A, a good situation. Yeah, they were. Uh, we were married 17 years. And mm. uh, let's see. So I got, I got married, like I said, the month I turned 19. And then two years later, we had our first son. And then every two years, so two years we had Deacon and then two years later we had Garrett. And then two years later we had Walker. And I thought I was, I thought I was done at that point.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So then, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. There's so many things. There's so many children to keep track of. There I are,
0: there it. Are. <laughs> I'm not sure there might be another one. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> running around. And you have a daughter as well. I have a stepdaughter. Yes. You have a
1: stepdaughter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you okay. have so you're- four
0: boys. I have a little boy as well. So I have four boys and okay. all of the boys are mine. Yes. And then our daughter is my stepdaughter. So she's oh. my husband.
1: And how long have you been married to your current husband?
0: Uh, Dan and I have been married for five years.
1: Okay. I met you through Jen Pasteloff, and I remember sitting in her, recording her show, and afterwards I said, you know, if you can think of one mom that you really, really deeply respect that it would be great for the show, and she said, oh, I have a woman that is just my heart. She said, this woman is just incredibly beautiful and profound and powerful, and her story is incredible, and her resilience is remarkable, and it is a story that other mothers need to hear other people need to hear who have experienced or are experiencing deep loss. And so I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and sharing your beautiful story. And I'm going to just ask you to tell us what happened.
0: It was November, 2017. So Thanksgiving, essentially. And of course, all of our little family was together. My boys, Deacon and Garrett, went to college at Georgia Southern and they had come home for Thanksgiving and we just had a beautiful time together. You know, it was one of those, it's really strange because that Saturday after Thanksgiving, my husband and I were just sitting here kind of by ourselves. The kids were all spread apart, spread out wherever they were. And we were just talking about how sweet of a Mm. time we had, you know, Mm. And, and, and I've written about it before, but the, the hugs were, were longer and the kisses were sweeter and the laughter was louder. You know, we just had a really fantastic time together. Mm. And so Thanksgiving came and went the next day. Uh in my in our family, ever since my Deacon was a baby, my oldest. So I have five kids. Okay. Um so there's Deacon and Garrett and Walker. And those boys are from my previous marriage, as I mentioned before.
2: Mm.
0: And then I had Ryder um As a single mom. Okay. And he is, let's see, at the time he was five. And Natalie is my stepdaughter. And at the time she was 11. Uh, Deacon was 20. Garrett was 18. And Walker was 16. Just to kind of give you a rounded um, view from that point. Um, And so... In, in, in our house, Christmas was just always a really big deal. Decorating the tree was always a really big deal. So I wanted to make sure we did it while the boys were home. And that's what we did on that Friday. We went and picked out our tree. We found the perfect one in like five minutes. It was crazy. And came home, decorated the tree. I Every year, I get a new ornament. And for some reason, this year, I got five. And, and I got five ornaments in each one. Had one of the kids' names on it, and so mm. they each put their own ornament on the tree, which became very special. And that night, we were going to watch a movie. Um, and instead, the kids went outside and played. They played, they threw the football, and and I was going to call them in for the movie. I remember. And Dan Dan was like, "Just let them play. They don't get to, they don't get to do this very often." And, and so they stayed outside, all five of them, just running around having a good time until about almost midnight. Came in the next day, the boys were leaving to go back to school. They were going to spend the day with their friends and then get on the road. Deacon always liked to drive at night uh, because I don't know if you've ever really spent much time in Atlanta, but the traffic here is crazy. And mm-hmm. especially during, you know, a holiday season where everyone's driving through oh, it yeah. and go home. Yeah. And, yeah. So he always drove at night. So he was going to go to a movie with his friends and then head, head home or head back to school. And I got a call that night, which was really special from him. It was after their movie. And he's like, I'm going to come back by and give you a hug before we leave.
2: Mm.
0: And so he and Garrett came back, gave us hugs, you know, and, and those last hugs are definitely a memory that is very real for me. You know, Mm. I still smell them. I still can hear their voice. And Deacon always patted me on the back. Ever since he was a little kid, it was a joke. That he would pat everyone on the back when they when he hugged them, mm. um, and he did that, and they gave me a hug, and did the same thing for their dad on the way out of town, and 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 headed to school. So the next morning, I wake up, and you know how you just have one of those mornings that's just kind of perfect. Mm. Everything, the weather's beautiful outside, and you're just in a really good mood, and you're happy, and that's how I woke up, and. You know, it's always crazy because you think you're going to know when something's wrong with your children, but I did not. Um, I, I woke up completely just, it was a great day. Mm. And Dan and I were going to go Christmas shopping that day. And so we were headed to lunch and it's really, I don't think I've ever told this publicly before, but where we're driving I have no idea what made me say this, but I did. <laughs> um, and I, we were talking and I just said, you know, it's crazy. I've, I haven't lost someone really close to me in a long time.
2: Mm.
0: And we talked about that and, I, you know, and, and it was just kind of a profound moment for me. And then we went shopping and we were in the department store. We were in a Marshall's and I got a call from my ex-husband. And I ignored it because I was with my husband and yeah. I wanted to spend that time with him. And he called me again. Pretty much immediately. So I answered. And I knew that something was wrong the moment I heard his voice because he cried my name. And he didn't say anything else. And you know how you can have a fleeting thought, and that thought for me was something happened to his grandmother, or you know, something's happened. Yeah. But it wasn't my the thought in my mind was not what actually happened, you know. Right. And the next words out of his mouth, he didn't say, "Are you sitting down?" He didn't say, "Are you driving?" He was just—he just said, "Deacon and Garrett were in an accident and they didn't survive." Ugh. I remember just feeling like I was out of my body, and I just kept saying, "Both of them, both of them, both of them," and he, of course, was beside himself, and he was essentially hysterical. And Walker was our sixteen-year-old; our he was actually with him at the time. And what – I've also never talked about this, but the way that Jack found out, the the police department had tried to find us. Um, I was out shopping, so they went to my house. I wasn't there. They um, went to Jack's house. He had just moved a week before, so they went to his old location. So they didn't have his new one. It took them a while to find us. Um, they They showed up on his – doorstep and he was outside and he was just on the ground when Mm. they told him you know Mm. Mm. and this actually had happened on like I said on their way to school and and Georgia Southern's about four hours away from where we live and um, so the officers that told him are the officers that were there so they had to hand him a phone and and you know he had to find out over the phone from them and that's how he told me and so he did thankfully have the officer's number and I I guess I should backtrack a little bit. Whenever he first told me, and I was, I was, you know, saying both of them, both of them, I just fell to the floor, um, and I told Dan, and I'll, I don't know if I'll ever forgive myself. I'm really good about forgiving myself for things, <laughs> but this one, I just looked at him and I said, "Deacon and Garrett are dead." That's mm. how I, that's how I told Dan, and he just mm. came at me and he was like, "No, no, 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 no," and he came down to the floor with me and. I'll never forget. There was a woman there. I, I was saying, I was crying, and I was just saying, "My babies, my babies, my babies." Um, there was a woman that came over, and I remember her eyes. I could, ne- I would never know her if she was standing in front of me, but I do. I did see her eyes, and she said, "Are you okay?" And I remember shaking my head no, and her eyes grounded me. You know, mm. it kind of brought me back to my body, I guess. Mm. And, uh, I was able to stand up. I was able to walk out of the store. I was able to go to the car. And I remember Dan always kind of laughs about this part. And I said, give me the keys. You don't need to be driving. Mm. (laughs) And, um, so he did, he gave me the keys. And then we sat in the car and I called the officer and I was very calm for the most part. And, you know, I was trying to find all of the information I could. And I remember asking him if it was Deacon's fault. And he told me, "No, ma'am." He said there was a a driver that drove the wrong way down the interstate and hit them head on.
2: Oh my god!
0: He said uh, we do believe they died instantly, which was a blessing later because my next question to him was, "Where are they? I need to be with them. Please mm-hmm. just tell me where they are. I need to be the, be there." And he just paused for a moment and he just said, "Ma'am, I'm so sorry, but you don't want to see them. There was a fire." And that part for me. I think that's what made it somewhat real. Some days it still doesn't feel real and it's been almost two years, you know? Um, but at that point we hung up and Dan looked at me and he said, what the hell am I doing? You're not driving. So he switched places. We drove home. Uh, I had to call my family who of course were just beside themselves. Uh, Jack brought Walker over Wendy, um, Dan's ex brought Natalie over our daughter. We were all together. And after Jack left, I got a call from the coroner, which is what I had been waiting for all day. And that phone call is when he told me that he would need dental records. And for me, that was so far the hardest part of of what happened. Um, I don't think I realized how bad it was until that moment. Mm. And it ended up coming up later that they actually needed my DNA to identify the boys, um, you know, which was difficult. So when the boys died, you know, they just vanished. They were here one minute and they were gone the next. I never got to see them again. (coughs) Excuse me. It was just, it was just really, really hard. Um, You know, and I'll kind of tell you what happened with the actual crash. And like I said, the... Guy was driving the wrong way down the interstate. But my first reaction as a mom is that I don't want another family to lose a son.
2: Mm.
0: And my first thought with with all of that was that I didn't want another family to lose a son. And that I didn't want another mother to lose a son. Mm. And then we started hearing facts come out about the case. And one of the reasons you you and I uh, actually postponed one of the timeframes that we were going to talk was because we had the court hearing coming up finally.
1: Yeah.
0: And throughout the process, more and more information started coming out about the driver and just to save time. It ended up being that he, um, he was high, and we did find out through toxicology that he was on cocaine and Xanax, among other things. And um, he drove five miles the wrong way down the interstate at a minimum um, before he came upon the boys and uh, hit them head on. And he he was injured, but not. He's totally fine now. You know, he was he had a, some, a couple broken bones and and I think some other. Um, issues, but now he's fine. We did have the court case, the court hearing in June. When you're going through a process like this does not happen the way that you think it's going to, you know, you, you expect that there's a certain amount of time someone's going to get for killing two human beings, right? It doesn't really happen that way. There, there's a lot that's involved. There's a lot of discussion that's involved. Um, And along with the fact that he was high, he also um, had been through rehab before. And he actually worked at the clinic after rehab, um, helping others through sobriety. And so the fact that he was high... He wasn't a kid who made a mistake. He was a, a grown man. He was 27 years old. And yeah. he knew what he was doing. You know, yeah. he knew the road that what he was doing was gonna take him on.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and he still chose to do it. So that that definitely changed our mindset on it. Yeah. Um, having said that, my husband is he's in recovery. He's been sober for seven years now. And um, we're very, we're very pro um rehabilitation and, you know, taking care of yourself. But once someone's done it so many times and then they kill two human beings, it, it takes on a different turn, you know? Um, So after months, years, actually, he, when, when the crash first happened, he didn't spend any time in jail. He did get arrested um, initially, finally uh, six months after the crash and he Mm. spent three days in jail. And then the rest of the time he was home. So when we went in there, meeting with the district attorney multiple times and discussing with them, the maximum amount of time um, that he could get was 40 years. And that's 15 for um, DUI homicide felony and uh, times two. So mm-hmm. that's fifteen times two, and then the ten years he actually had possession of marijuana in his tr- trunk. So you get ten mm-hmm. years for having possession of marijuana, but fifteen years for. Jeez, that someone, doesn't which is seem crazy. Yeah, that's insane. It is. Um, and so, what we asked for, and you know, um, what we asked for was thirty-eight was thirty-eight twenty-five. Which mm-hmm. what that means is. 38 years sentenced, 25 to actually serve in prison. Mm. The rest of the time would be on parole, mm. right? And the reason we chose that number is that Deacon was 20 and Garrett was 18 and it mm. came up to a total of 20, uh, sorry, 38 years. Mm. And then they, neither one would see the age of 25. So that mm. was the minimum that we wanted them to serve. But it also, it came down to, for me to there's never enough time. There's never enough time that's gonna make up for what we've lost yeah and more importantly what deacon and garrett lost yeah so i had to kind of look at it as what is going to be impactful when people hear it what is going to cause that man to remember what happened every day you yeah, know? and what is going to give him the opportunity to still have a life that he can possibly bring some good into this world mm. um with having all of those things also happen, you know, Mm. and that's the number that, that we came up with. So, and that is what he got.
1: Uh, So that's what happened in June. Yes. You did get what you were going for.
0: He did. He did.
1: And how did that feel?
0: Heartbreaking. I spent the first week thinking about him, you know, at night, um, hoping that he's okay, honestly. I was a little mad because I'm sitting here spending my time thinking about someone in jail rather than my boys. Mm. And I had to let that go. You know, I had to know that what we asked for was the best balance that we could come to and that it served the boys well. And, you know, that's basically how I live my life is just doing everything I can to be sure that I serve them well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much, first of all, for sharing all of that. That's so, I I can't even imagine, I just can't even imagine. And you're just so graceful and everything that you talk about. And, and, you know, I've been following you now on Instagram this whole time. And just every time you post about it, everything you write about it, you're such a good writer. And, um, you know, I just want to ask, like, what did you what kind of support did you get for yourself like throughout this process? Because I can't imagine, you know, we're not equipped with tools of how to deal with this kind of loss. Like it's not something that we're given out the gate.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly uh, because I have not gotten any professional help, I should say. Uh, I write and that for me is incredibly therapeutic. I mm-hmm. do have a huge support system which I can't imagine going through something like this without it. You know, um my family when the call first came in, I have no family here. They're all in Florida. And 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 then there's a couple spread about the country, but Uh, within three days, I had 40 people in my house. You know, Mm -hmm. my family is really large. It's my step family primarily. And, and then my parents, my mom and my dad, and luckily we all get along really well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but they were here. They were here in a heartbeat. Um, Mm -hmm. They dropped their lives for a full week and, um, they stayed through the memorial service, which was incredible. We had about 400 people show up and it was beautiful. It was at the lake where we've always taken the kids since they were little. And, um, it was just a pretty, I hate to use the word magical because I mean, how do you use that word with, with what we're dealing with? But it was, it was just incredibly profound, but my writing, my support, uh, you know you mentioned Jen earlier, and yeah. the way that I met her someone she was giving away a scholarship to Italy to her her retreat that she has there every year, and someone nominated me someone sent in a letter to her, and she was basically I have to meet this person you know and I have to talk to her and so she and I talked, and she gave me the scholarship immediately yeah. and um I went there, and let me tell you i i've never I had never been to Europe before. I've definitely never traveled alone. I mean, I was, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was a flight attendant for about a year, mm-hmm. um, but that was all domestic flights. And it's very different traveling to another country that doesn't necessarily speak your language. Yeah. You know, all yeah. And in a time of deep grief, because this was the crash had happened. It was a less than a year after the crash. So it was um, September of last year. That trip for me was life changing, and I use that word that that term a lot regarding that trip. And and I feel like I sound redundant sometimes, but it truly was, and more so than me being able to dig deep, which is what Jen's retreats are about. It was the relationships and the tribe that that she brought to my life, Mm. and I know that. Any of those women I could call at any point in time and they would be here in a second. And there are some of them that are my soulmates lifelong, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, it was just, it was wonderful. And the thing that I walked away with besides that was the fact that I can do anything, you know? Um, If I can live through, um, and I will always be living through this, there will never be an end to my grief. There will never be a. I'm through it, you know it will it is with me every day. Another thing that I do, I've managed to find a way to compartmentalize my life, so you know I mentioned my job and i I have a very hectic work life um yeah, you know, like I manage twenty people and there's always something going on with someone, you know, and so mm-hmm. there are a lot of parts that move, and I have to be there. I have to be present and capable and function when I'm yeah. at work and I'm able for the most part to walk through that door and I I describe it sometimes as I have my grief in a box and the yeah. box is on my shoulder you yeah. know and I have to lock that grief up to walk through that door yeah but what I give myself is one day a week to work from home to grieve to cry I'm still working but I'm home and I can just let it all out. And, um, so far that is what is working for me. Now there Mm -hmm. are times when that, that day extends to a second day, you know, and I just have to work from home again. Mm -hmm. Um, there are moments that I know are going to be difficult that I plan for birthdays, holidays, you know, mother's day is, the biggie. Uh, my birthday is really difficult. There are there are days that I know that are coming, and I'm just I plan for them, you know. And then there are the days that grief just knocks you on your ass, and you just have to deal with it. And yeah. you have to say, okay, just box. You're destroyed today, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of how I how I manage it. Yeah. And how is it helping your
1: your other kids walk through this?
0: We. Walker just left for Rutgers and that might be why you were thinking New York because we were in New That's York. That's what it was. Up at New Jersey, in New That's Jersey. That's right. We we do not pretend it didn't happen. We do not we bring them into our lives. Um we do things like family movie night. We always did family movie night ever since my little ki- my kids were little, we would, you know, pull out on Friday nights, we'd all cuddle up on the sofas and we'd bring out movie candy and popcorn and we would have our movie nights and we still do that. And we have Deacon and Garrett movie nights and, um, we watch movies that only they loved Mm. and the kids will pick it, you know? And so we, we bring them into what we do. We have them, I'm in my, my living room right now and we have them kind of everywhere, you know, people probably walk into our house. I'm like, what the hell? But, um, I don't care. You know, it's, it's how we, we keep them alive in in our lives. Ryder, my, my seven year old, he just turned seven. He, each one of the children have their own story with the boys, you know, Walker, my 18 my year old, it was the three of them, the three musketeers their whole lives. And so he lost his future, you know, mm. and this is the part that gets me emotional. But I remember after the crash, he just looked at me and he said, mom, they're the people I was going to grow old with. You mm. know, that's what he lost. He mm. lost his best friends throughout his entire life. Yeah, because he's the youngest of the three, of course. Natalie, she lost what she didn't have yet. Um, Mm -hmm. and she had a lot already because the boys, when she came into the picture, they just encircled her you know, they just brought her into the fold and they treated her no different. They would come home for her birthday to surprise her, and Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't come home for mine. You know, they, they were the best big brothers on the planet. Um, but that's what she lost. She lost the time she didn't have Mm. and Ryder lost his absolute champion and best friend Mm. and Deacon, my oldest when Ryder was born, he just took him in. He, he fell in love with that baby from the moment he first held him. And, Mm. um, if I was, if, if Deacon was around, mom ceased to exist and he's a mama's boy, but Deacon was his favorite. And he will tell you that to this day. And, when he went to college, he would Facetime him every day because their relationship was just so special, mm. and that's what he lost, you know. So um, we have to work hard to make sure that they don't lose that, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's probably what my biggest fear was: was that Ryder would forget how how special that relationship was, but I'm really pleased to say that he hasn't, you know, um, yet, and I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure he doesn't, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: That's amazing. What's, tell me more about your writing. So your writing has been very therapeutic for you.
0: It Um, has, I have neuropathy, um, and it, it affects my speech and I assume that's what's affecting my speech. Um, it mostly affects my hands, but I, I tend to, Get a little tongue-tied sometimes. It's mm. like my, it's like my, my mouth doesn't want, can't say what my brain is trying to get out. Well, I don't know what neuroth- like I,
1: neuropathy is. Can it's
0: basically you? just nerve damage. Okay. okay. Um, I don't know the cause of it yet, but I was actually getting all of that stuff checked out whenever the crash happened, and uh. I just have put all of that on hold. I really yeah. don't care at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely has has affected that. So I get. I'm able to say what I want to say through writing a lot easier than I can through speech. Yeah. Not to mention, I just always loved writing. I mean, when I was in fifth grade, I wanted to be a writer. You know, it's just something that comes naturally to me. And I just one day decided to get on Instagram and start using that almost like it was my journal. And Mm. that's what I do. You know, I I don't really write for anyone else. I shouldn't say that. Now I, I do because I know there are people that, I I can, that, that, that say that they're able to kind of figure out what it is they're trying to say whenever they, they read my words. And so I do Mm -hmm. try to, to do that, but honestly, it, it really is primarily for me, you know, it's how I relay what I'm feeling, but it's also how I tell their story. And that part is my, my main reason. Yeah. I just, I, I will tell anyone that wants to listen, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know
0: I've started a book, um, who knows how long it'll take me to finish it, but uh, I have started writing it and I'm about four chapters in. So, um, this one is just, it's just, it's their story for the most part.
1: That is awesome. Cause that was going to be my next question. Have you thought yeah. about writing a book?
0: Yeah, yeah. I have. that's I have. awesome.
1: That's awesome. I'm so glad you're doing that.
0: I am too. Even if nothing ever happens with it, you know, I, it again is for me. And I feel like I I do feel that it is my purpose to, and I know, I know all parents probably feel that their kids are wonderful, Um, but they really were Mm. just.
1: They sound exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, They were
0: amazing. They were boys. They were, you know, of course when Deacon was 16, he and I had, you know, he and I are very much alike. And so we would butt heads on the regular for a little while there. um, but that actually didn't last too terribly long. But, you know, they're, they're the typical teenagers that you have issues with. But they never did anything harmful. They never, ever did anything to hurt someone. You know, they were very kind souls. And um, I, they're not here to tell their story. So I have to do so.
1: Mm, I love it. And tell me how old the the three youngest ones are now again? Walker just 18. turned 18. Oh my um, gosh.
0: Natalie, her birthday was yesterday. So she turned 13 and oh. Ryder turned seven on the 14th.
1: Oh my gosh. So <laughs> yeah. he's just in what first grade or? He is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. Wow. Well, Crystal, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I mean, I, I just admire you so much. And I feel like we already know each other because we've been back and forth chatting so much. Um, And uh, I really hope I get to meet you one day.
0: I hope so too. Maybe we'll meet
1: each other at one of Jen's things or something. That
0: sounds wonderful. Where are you actually in California?
1: I'm in West Hollywood.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'm not far from Jen.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, and I have a lot of friends in Atlanta and Florida. And so I may get down there. I, may, I actually might do a retreat, go to a retreat there in, in February. So if so, I will definitely make plans to see you.
0: Please do. That would be take awesome. You to lunch. That would be wonderful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That.
1: Okay. So uh, we've come to the time when I ask questions. And actually... Um, Let's see. You are the first one who's gonna have new questions. Oh,
0: okay then. Because
1: I retired the old questions. So, so I don't
0: get to pick a penis. Uh-huh. Do it on the table you listen to the penis part.
1: <laughs> well, we might we have something new and fresh for you. Okay,
0: okay, okay.
1: What do you think about Crystal when you hear the word love?
0: I'm pausing because it's literally I am surrounded by it. It mm-hmm. it's has completely encompassed me. The one thing that death has brought for me is it has expounded the love around me, and, mm. and that's that's I have no other answer but that.
1: Mm. Other than where you're living now, where in the world is somewhere that you would like to live? Anywhere in the
0: world, I would go back to Italy in a heartbeat. Mm. Florence, Florence has a little small piece of my heart, so mm. I'd
2: definitely like there. That's
1: so special. How do you define serenity?
0: I mean, serenity is peace. Um, It's grace. It's the quiet moments. Um, It's when I can just breathe them in. Mm.
1: Okay. Lightning round of questions. Fireside or oceanside?
0: Fireside in the fall, Oceanside any other time.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, favorite junk food? Chocolate anything. Oh, like give me some examples.
0: Literally anything. Your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably brownies are my favorite, but I'll take dark chocolate, milk chocolate. I don't like white chocolate, but everything else is pretty much. Mm. You, can, you can dip saltine crackers in chocolate and I would eat it.
1: God, that's so true. That that actually sounds amazing.
0: (laughs) It actually is. I've had it. (laughs) Oh
1: my God. That sounds amazing. Um, Do you like theme
0: parks? I thought I did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We went, we went a couple of years ago and I used to love roller coasters, but I literally hated every single one that I went on. So yeah, Yeah. I think it's as you get older, the fear. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, daytime sex or nighttime sex? Both. Yes, girl. As you can tell, I kept some of the old ones. I just, (laughs) I just had to change it up. Okay. Let's see. Texting or talking? Texting. Cat person or dog person?
0: Dog person.
1: Mm, Shower or bathtub?
0: If I have to wash my hair, I love the shower, but if I don't, then I would much prefer the bath. Hmm. So smart! You're so pragmatic. I'm. I know it's ridiculous. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at making lasagna?
0: I'm really good at it.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. God, I love homemade lasagna. That wasn't a
0: scale, was it? I would say I would say a nine.
1: That no, that's that's an answer. I'm really good at it. I mean, that's yeah. You're a nine. That's sexy. I just love a good homemade anything, really, but homemade lasagna. Oh.
0: I I am. I'm a good cook. Um, It's just one of those things that comes naturally. I can taste something and usually can kind of pinpoint what's in it, you know, but my husband puts me to shame. So there's that.
1: Really? Your husband's a chef?
0: He's a (gasps) chef for a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. That's so sexy. I know. I know. He's a man that cooks and then cooks for you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's good girl. That's good. It is. It is. Uh, What's your biggest pet peeve?
0: Um, Dishonesty. Mm. Hmm. Just in general. Yeah. Anything fake. I'm. I'm all about being real, and Mm. I can't handle bullshit. Honestly. So.
1: Mm. Mm. I love it. A Superpower choice: invisibility, ability to fly, or Wonder Woman's truth lasso.
0: Oh. I'm gonna say uh, ability to fly.
1: Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Where would you fly to? Where's the first place?
0: My boys. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Would you rather have, (laughs) would you rather have a cat tail or cat ears? (laughs)
0: She's really thinking about it. I am. I even have the finger here on the (laughs) chin. Okay, I'm going to have to say cat ears, I guess. I'm really not sure what the benefit of either of them would be, but uh, cat ears, sure. You would
1: get snuzzled a lot. People would want to pet you in your ears. Yeah, that's true.
0: And the tail would just get in the way. That would would bug me.
1: True, true. It might be itchy. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of your first pet? Colt. Oh, what was the name of the street you grew up on?
0: <laughs> Grady. Oh yes! Yeah. So your
1: porn <laughs> name—that is so awesome. Your porn name is Colt Grady. That's dude. Perfection. That yeah. is like a nineteen-eighties. Um,
0: I need a. I need a stash. Oh, you, you know, need. I I totally a stash. do. Colt Grady. <laughs> that's so awesome,
1: girl. Oh my god, I love it. Colt
0: Grady. <laughs>
1: that is a series of books. That is like a 10-year television That's run. the title of my next book. There it is. Colt Grady. Grady. Is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Crystal, so, you're an angel. Just, you're just such an angel. Thank you so much.
0: So are you. And thank you. And thanks for working out all this. All oh, this my God. difficulty. It was it.
1: meant to be. We fought hard to get this. And it's it's such a beautiful episode. So I'm, I'm really grateful. Well, thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Crystal. Please join me next week as we kick November off with a fresh episode of MILF podcast. I love you guys. Keep going.